0: So I don't know I remember exactly the age that I was, but I do remember my room. Do you guys, you know, I don't know if it's some, maybe it says I'm getting a little bit older that I can't quite place exactly the year that it happened, but I remember the place. I remember the year I got my first desk. Okay. Now, this desk was super cool. It was a roll top desk. Okay. Do you remember these things? You, it had this thing that came down, and you pushed it up, and it disappeared into the back of the desk. And it would go back, zoop, zoop, zoop. And if you pulled it fast enough while my brother's fingers were down there, I could almost chop them off. No, I didn't want it. Well, I may have wanted to do it. But so I digress. So you would, and I would open up that desk, and I remembered that it was so cool because it had all kinds of little nooks and crannies, And it had drawers, and it had things to put in. So it had places that I could put pieces of paper, envelopes. It had places that I could put scissors, glue, colored pencils, crayons, markers, everything in its place. And then it had this huge, enormous drawer that seemed to go on forever. And I could jam so much incredible stuff in that drawer. But every so often, every so often, I would have to go up and my mom and dad or dad would say, Chad, you need to clean up your room and you need to clean up your desk. Now, what was generally on my desk was some kind of important project. It was not the Manhattan Project, but it was probably pretty close. Because I was always designing something. It was either a certain kind of rocket or it was drawing a truck, or maybe it was just designing a roller coaster that was incredibly complex and would just scare the bejesus out of everybody that rode it. But I was always working on something, it seemed like. And then, every now and then, I'd get something that I would then, of like a project, might be something that I was doing for school. I remember that one time I had to make a diorama for, ch- for class. And so I had to take little matches, okay, light them, blow them out, light them, blow them out, and then glue them to the outside of a shoebox to make a log cabin, this was something for school. I'm sur- sure it was. I'm sure having something to do with Daniel Boone or something or other, but it was very, very important. And so I'm sure that that is why I had a bunch of matches jammed into the back corner of my desk. But the thing was, is that every now and then I'd have to really do a deep clean because that enormous drawer. It wouldn't shut all the way because I had so much incredible stuff in there. I'm not going to call it junk, but I couldn't close it. And so I'd have to take it out and I'd say, what do I do with it? Do I find a box to put it in or do I put it in the trash? Now... My mom and dad are not here. They're actually on their way because they're going to be a part of Vacation Bible School this week. But if they were here, they would say, you know what, Chad? Some of those art projects, they're in your box in our basement right now. Yes, I am 50 years old, and I have a box of junk in my parents' basement that I'm supposed to go through next time I'm there, I'm sure, because they keep reminding me to do that. But I'm sure that someplace in there is some arts and craft project. I'm also a parent, so I have kids, and this week we will have Vacation Bible School, and guess what? There will be crafts. There are three distinct crafts that have to do with our theme this week of being beams of change in this world. As we look at the story of the Transfiguration, every night there will be some kind of craft that these young people will make and then they will bring home. And we will have to decide what to do with that. Do we put it up on a, a shelf someplace? Do we put it on the kitchen, um, the kitchen refrigerator? Or do we sneak it some point into the trash to have it go filed someplace else? It seems like it's just a never ending thing of what to do with all the crafts the kids make. I know that next week, a bunch of stuff will come back from Beckett's school now that the end of the year has come, and I will have this much three-year-old craft stuff to deal with, what to do, because we all know he's an early Van Gogh, and so when he took that dinosaur stamp and just went like that on the piece of paper, we got to keep it for how long? Ever? Probably, because it's his first piece of art. Koheleth, or the teacher the piece that we heard today from um, Ecclesiastes, he would definitely resonate with me as I went through all of the arts and crafts projects and what we have to do with them. That there's just always something we need to do with them and they just keep coming. Do we save them? Do we toss them? What do we do with it? And he just seems like he's reached the end the end of his wits. See, the, the book of Ecclesiastes is part of what we call the wisdom literature. Okay? It's, there are a couple of books within the Bible. They're part of the Hebrew scriptures, and they are ones that we have associated with giving us wisdom of the collective um, kind of community of God's people. The first one that we're probably the most familiar with is Proverbs, okay? And many of you may have heard certain things said about certain kinds of people or certain things. Um, it's one of the places that we get how we value things. These are pithy little sayings. They're also quick ones that you might even associate with someone like Ben Franklin. Penny saved, Penny earned. All of these different kinds of ways of looking at wisdom. How do we live our lives? The Psalms are also part of that, and the fact that they give us a chance to look at things and process them in a certain way of finding wisdom within poetry, within the way we live our life. And then also the Song of Solomon, which is a way of kind of looking at that. Some people put that in the wisdom literature. But then the final one that we don't generally go to very much is Ecclesiastes. Now, one of the reasons we go to Ecclesiastes is because it seems to be written by the curmudgeon, okay? This is the person that has seen it all and is just done. I don't know if you got that today from kind of the text this morning. I mean, it says vanity of vanities, all is vanities. The real word there, the Hebrew word is havel, okay? And um, it actually means breath or vapor or smoke, all right? think. Like when you go outside on, um, in the winter and it's super cold out and you go, ah, and you can see your breath for a second and then just dissipates. Or maybe when you got the, uh, the campfire outside and you're, you're roasting the s'mores and there's just a ton of smoke, but then it kind of dissipates out into the air. Or maybe, maybe you can, ah, you can feel the breath, but then it kind of dissipates. That's what he's talking about. And he's saying, it seems like everything is just momentary, that it just dissipates. Everything we try and hang on to, try and reach up, maybe you've been at the beach this week and you grab more sand, and the more wet sand that you grab, it seems to just kind of go through your hands. You try and grasp it, but you just can't. Koheleth goes on. We don't know if that's his name, Koheleth, or if it just means teacher or what that is, but it's just, it's this wise person that is writing. And as they write, they say, look, everything that we do anyway is just for the next generation. We're never going to see it. So what good is it? What does it matter at all? in this world. I I know sometimes that it feels like that. There are certain days that I go to Ecclesiastes that I read that and I go, oh my goodness, there's somebody else that feels a little bit like me. It's, I I felt that way, especially, you know, with with this whole thing. I thought, you know, we We've we've all fought in some ways. COVID was past us, and then all of a sudden, this last week, I've had more calls. I've gone through it myself, and I'm like, "Great day!" It's like feeling gut punched to get it. do. We have to go through this one more time, or the fact the fact that yes, we continue to see things in our world. Another flood, another climate catastrophe that we have never seen before. And I find myself resonating with Kohela and going, What is it? Why? Why do we do this? Why do we go through this? Did you know Ecclesiastes almost didn't make it into the canon? if you've never heard the story we're going to talk a little bit more about this on Wednesday if you come to coffee about how we got the canon that bible that we have here why did it make it in there how did it come to be a part of it and why do we embrace it because if you read the whole thing certain things in there you're like is this supposed to be happy is this supposed to be what I'm supposed to read and make me feel better I mean, should we really do more crafts this week at vacation Bible school if they're just going to go home and parents are going to have to do something with it? What am I going to do with Beckett's rock that he makes this week? I don't know. Should we do them? Or should we just say, eh, look, we would have this time. You'd usually do a craft and you'd take it home and shove it in the back of your drawer. We're not going to do that today. All the parents would be like, yeah! with sidewalk chalk that just dissipates. But why do we do this? Why is it that we build these things, make these pieces of art, these things that come together? Why do we do these things that you're making there, the wind chimes that we'll put out there, outside maybe, or inside? Why is it that we do it? It's interesting. Um... I seem to like and have fun with things that are crafty. One of my favorite things, church camp. You ever been to church camp? Favorite thing, craft time. Kids love it. They come out from all over the place. Are we going to make something today? Of course. One of my favorite ones is you go out into nature, you find a tree or you find a leaf or a rock or something like that. You can draw it. You can take it. You can use it sometimes in rubbings or stuff like that. But what's interesting at church camp, and I have found, is something amazing happens when you start working on that craft. And it's the same thing that happened when people used to gather to make quilts years ago. And that is, is that when people sit down and start working on a craft or something and start working with their hands, they also start doing something else. And I know that we do have some folks here that go off on, like, retreats to make cards, right? Yeah. What happens when you guys start gluing and cutting and everything? Start talking. (laughs) And what happens there is amazing. Because there's... This space that's created, there's this moment that happens there in which people come together and their fingers are working, their minds are creating, and they begin to share what's on their hearts and their minds. It's beautiful. Because if you remember, there's this time that Jesus reminds us that whenever two or more people are gathered, God is in their midst. And even in that fleeting moment when we are breathing together and crafting and making something that God can be there. And we're making something beautiful. As our hands work and as they begin to do something, it I don't know what it is. I found this when I was at church camp too, because The kids at church camp used to do something, and I found that especially was true with the boys, is that when we would gather and we'd start talking about a scripture, everybody like, oh gosh, do we have to talk about the Bible? Like, yes, it's church camp, we got to talk about the Bible. But the guys would sit there and all of a sudden I'd hear this, pop, 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 pop. And if it was a ballpoint pen, you know what else they'd do? Take it apart. Or... Click, 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 and they just push it back and forth. Now, later on in life, another thing came around, this little thing that they would hold in their hand, and they would spin, fidget spinners. Now they even have this cube thing. Any of you seen this thing? It's a cube thing that you can do. You move your finger on it, click, 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 things in your hand. They would do this, and I'd be like, dude, just put down the pen. They'd put it down. Two minutes later, click, like, click, like, click, like, take it apart. Like, put down the pen! Drive me crazy! But I found something when I let them have the pen and take it apart and click it and do all that, they started talking. There seems to be something with our bodies that when our fingers are working, when we're making friendship bracelets, when we are coloring, whenever we are clicking pens, whenever we're creating something our minds open up, our conversations happen, and something amazing happens. Community is created, and we're able to discuss and to engage in good conversation. And the thing is, That's the beautiful thing about it is when we come together and we're celebrating each and every voice that breathes breath into this world, we find that something happens. That when we work together, when we listen to each other's voices, when we seek to find that space that is holy and sacred together, that we begin creating a world that looks more and more like God each and every day. Koheleth is right. If we just use our breath for momentary times, for things that are just disposable and just to throw away, it doesn't seem to make a big bit of difference. But when we use that breath to come together around a quilting square, to create a blanket for someone to use to keep them warm. When we come together around those arts and crafts at church camp or vacation Bible school to enhance a lesson, to invite them to create something beautiful and to think about God's wider world and about what God is doing in this world, when we gather around these places and we begin to click pens and take them apart and make friendship bracelets, but we begin to do something with the community in a way that establishes a connection between each other that is blessed and holy and sacred, we begin to change the world, one, arts and crafts piece at a time. I hope you guys create something pretty today, something beautiful. More than anything, I hope that you are able to share that with somebody else. That maybe while you've been working today, as I've been speaking, doodling, creating, folding, whatever it might be, that it has also engaged your mind to think deeply. This is our call. This is our invitation in this world. Let us go and create something beautiful with Thank you for listening to the White Oak Pond Christian Church Podcast. We hope that it's been a blessing to you this day. White Oak Pond seeks to be a place where we accept one person at a time to Christ's never-ending and forgiving love. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive sermons each and every week. And also rate us. It really helps. Thank you again, and may you know joy in powerful ways this week.